0: <laughs> I'm, like, laughing. Like, okay, I know we just talked about being adults, but, like, <laughs> I'm <laughs> laughing at the thought of talking about nudity, so clearly I'm not a real adult. Okay, It'll be sorry. fine. <laughs> okay. Hello, and welcome to MASH the podcast covering every single episode of the hit 1970s sitcom, MASH. I'm Vanessa.
1: And I'm Ethan.
0: Okay, Ethan. So... This is jumping so far ahead into like an actual discussion of the episode, but in this episode today, we see like a little bit of a nudity scene where um, Radar's towel drops and we see his butt. So I wanted to talk about this a little bit. Um, so I wanted to just talk about like nudity in TV. Is there any specific like nudity scene in TV that you can think of, um, that like stood out to you or was like out of place or super oh, my. weird?
1: Okay. When you phrase it like that, it sounds insane that we're talking about this. <laughs> but um so this episode, uh, you know, came quite a shock to see Radar's butt out of nowhere. <laughs> it blew my mind, and you were like, Yeah, some trivia for you. Apparently this is the first depiction of nudity on American television. Uh we don't know if that's like a hundred percent true, but like it's cited enough to be that. So We're both just kind of fascinated by this. I don't have, like, you know, the HBO story of, like, nudity. But I remember in the first episode of Breaking Bad that the version of it that's on Netflix, it might be edited for broadcast TV. But in the first episode of Breaking Bad, Walter White goes over to Jesse's house and, like, Jesse crawls out of a window and he's, like, with a girl And the girl is, like, just fully naked. And it's, like, this (laughs) aired on, like, regular TV, like, AMC, not HBO. it's literally only episode in the uh, show with nudity in it. It really caught me off guard, especially the early episodes. Granted, there's, like, hard swearing in it. Like, there's F-bombs and everything. But still on Netflix and sometimes on IMDb, it is listed as, like, TV 14. So seeing these very adult things in that show in the first episode was like oh my god uh, especially because i watched that when i was like 15 so you know li- little unexpected
0: yeah i honestly don't remember that i guess because it was so quick i've seen all of breaking bad like three times but i don't remember mm-hmm. that that's so funny um i personally don't i can't think of anything on tv um i guess when i was younger i was surprised at the level of nudity on networks like TNT because TNT is like a cable right. show um or like a ca- like a cable channel and so even though they would be like pretty palatable for uh syndication um sometimes they would drop like an asshole or an f bomb or something like that and there would be nudity that they'd have to cut out later so I'm like thinking of Rizzoli and Isles and they would they would sometimes be pretty explicit on that show, but just out of nowhere, so it was always like a shock to fourteen year old me of like, I can't believe they say this on TV.
1: Yeah, I remember along these same lines, it's not nudity, but it you know, it's it's adult language. I remember I watched the movie Big on TV, like mm-hmm. with my mom, with Tom Hanks in it, and a kid in that movie drops an F-bomb. Yeah. Like, we were watching this, I guess, on HBO, like, wherever they can actually show that. And I was with my mom, and I was, like, 13, and it legitimately, like, shook me <laughs> that this, this kid said the F-word on TV, uncensored. And I, like, looked at my mom, and she was like, I didn't remember that at all. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's really funny.
1: What a weird opening to that, our episode. That is a weird opening,
0: yeah. But okay, I guess we can move away from nudity until we have to actually talk about it again in the episode. So, (laughs) in this episode, which is aptly titled The Sniper, a sniper terrorizes the 4077 and the whole camp has to go into a lockdown kind of period. But that leads to problems when wounded start just showing up en masse. So, Ethan, what did you think about this episode?
1: We apparently have some controversy between us. This is maybe the first time that we really don't agree on an episode being great. Because I thought this episode was fantastic. This is, like, one of the best episodes to me that I've seen so far. And you're a little colder on it. And I, I want to know what, what your thoughts are. But I, I love this one. I thought it was, like, really intense. I thought the, the writing was really uh they had a lot of really great lines like it had that kind of density of early season one where like every line is so like good and thought through and i i really liked the escalation in this i thought it was a very good episode now tell me why i am wrong
0: (laughs) no i don't disagree with you about anything um I think that I was not cold but kind of like lukewarm on this episode. I'm sure that by the end, like always, I will like it more than I originally did. It was a very solid episode to me. I laughed a lot in this episode for how kind mm-hmm. of serious you would assume it is by the title, but yeah, I just I it, it seemed like kind of an average to like slightly above average episode to me and i know that you like really really loved it so Mm -hmm. i'm sure that i will probably meet you somewhere in the middle (laughs) with that by the end of this discussion
1: (laughs) as tends to be the case it's true um i loved even the opening scene of this uh where it's hawkeye trapper and frank kind of all in their tent together and trapper has like a cold and that's never really brought up again i like uh how this is structured of like This cold thing is brought up like it's kind of the comedy point of the episode. But once things actually start happening, it's never brought up again. That felt like more real to me than uh, sitcom setups tend to be of like, oh, there's like a legitimate danger to this episode that they weren't expecting, (laughs) like in universe, which I thought was pretty fun. And I love the, the dialogue in this opening scene, how Hawkeye makes a joke saying like, Oh, I never met a nurse who wasn't registered. Like, just kind of a weird, uh, weird kind of joke. But they both acknowledge it, him and Trapper do, of like, hey, that's pretty fun. And just the yeah. way that they, they bounced off each other in that, I thought was pretty great.
0: <laughs> yeah, Trapper actually makes that joke. And they kind of just are like, hey, ha ha ha. And I was, um, I think I said this last week, but I this is the kind of writing and dialogue and execution from the actors that really gets me of like it feels like we're not watching a sitcom or watching real life because there is no pause for laughter it's like they're talking over each other it doesn't feel scripted it feels more human interaction and that is something about this episode that I really did like um was all like the little one-liners and whatnot and this was one of them that I noted down right away because it was it was mm. very funny
1: <laughs> yeah Uh, sorry, I got Trapper and Hawkeye mixed up. I always do that. The
0: same, it's fine.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they're they're two halves of a whole idiot.
0: Yes, exactly. Exactly, that's a perfect way to describe (laughs) (laughs) them. I did think it was funny in this uh, opening scene as well. Um, so Frank is like I don't know. Somehow he obtained a gun, like a handgun, and Mm -hmm. I could not think of a worse person to have a gun like have a gun in his possession than frank burns he is like so out of his wits with this gun even though he thinks he can handle it and it's just makes for such danger and he's like pointing it around at trapper and hawkeye the safety's off of it he thinks the safety's on it's just such a ridiculous thing
1: yeah this uh this episode was kind of tense but it was kind of mitigated by other things but this scene was the most kind of tense for me this ma- whenever i see a man Waving a gun around in any <laughs> circumstance, I'm like, yeah. no, please don't, please stop. Uh, and this Frank has Frank has military training, so it's not like he shouldn't know how to hold a firearm. I'm sure they teach that to the medical personnel as well, just in case. Mm-hmm. So, like, my dude, be more careful. I really <laughs> this. Uh, I like Frank in this one. We'll talk about that more. I really, I think this is probably the most likable portrayal of Frank we've seen in a while, but this opening scene does not start him on a good foot.
0: <laughs> That's interesting that you say that because Frank is like more, I guess, palatable in this episode than episodes previous, but... I would not say that he's likable by any means. Oh. Um, but that could just I'm gonna be
1: convince me being too hard you. I'm gonna convince you. Get ready.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm ready. So right after this whole scene in the uh, swamp, Hawkeye is going on a date with this new nurse. A little while away is Frank and Margaret, and Frank is <laughs> doing like target practice. And then this gun goes off, and Hawkeye initially thinks that it's Frank because Frank is ridiculous and an idiot and would shoot at Hawkeye, even accidentally. But it turns out that it's the sniper when they have, uh, it, it keeps going, like gunshots keep going. And so there is joking among this, in, like in this scene of like everybody kind of running and locking down and taking cover and whatnot. And there's a scene like right after this with Radar and Henry in the shower And everything's played like pretty light, regardless of the shooting. And I was wondering how this might have played out um, without the laugh track. Because it seemed like it could Mm. go either way.
1: Yeah, uh, this is one that I watched on Hulu. I haven't watched without the laugh track since the episode where we talked about it. But I am open to to re-watching this one. So maybe we'll circle back to this one. Uh, later on and we'll we'll talk about it just a little bit more to see like the differences between laugh track version and hulu version but you're right the the gunfire the sniper is played a little more comedic than you know it might be but i still think there was tenseness to it as it went on it kind of escalated into this more dire situation and i i always like that kind of narrative of people being trapped in a room, essentially trying to figure out how to get out. It's just like one of my things that I just always enjoy. And I will say for me specifically, I have some sensory issues. So like the sound of gunfire is typically just not good for me. I just always get very tense about it, but I like the the kind of cartoony sound effects that this gun had (laughs) where it was always pew pew. Like, not, like, hardcore, not, like, metallic sounding, it's just more Looney Tunes. And that kind of lightened the mood for me in a, in a big way that if it had more realistic gunfire sounds, I would probably have enjoyed this episode much less.
0: Yeah, I definitely think that it was a pretty typical stock sound for gunfire uh which did lighten the mood a little bit and i don't know if you noticed it but in the initial scene where they have basically like the rest of the camp besides the main characters kind of running to take cover from this sniper the speaker is playing that song that's like happy days are here again and um, oh, I don't man. know the actual words to it, but I thought that that was like pretty on the nose for there to be like the sniper and then this song playing. I thought that that was that was not so subtle but still like a good thing to have.
1: I love ironic soundtracks. You have no idea. Anytime <laughs> there's like a gruesome scene being played with like a happy song, I'm like, "Yes, give give me all of that." That is like 90% of the reason why I thought Reservoir Dogs was my favorite movie for a while. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I I will say that that is that does make it very just makes for a better scene i think um and i I appreciated it in this scene
1: but can i also just mention real quick i really liked hawkeye on this date with this nurse uh i thought he had like really good chemistry with her he often flirts with like literally any woman that moves but for some reason this specific nurse i think like played off of him really well and it was a little sad that we didn't get to see more of their uh interactions with each other in this one
0: so, I have trivia coming up in our trivia section for this actress, but I love this actress she I yeah. love her so much i I'm so happy that she was on mash and I got so excited when I remembered that she was gonna be guest starring so I'm gonna oh, fangirl cool. about her a little bit later.
1: <laughs> cool, cool. Then, after the scene with Frank and Hawkeye discovering the sniper, we go back to the camp and Henry and Radar in the shower and they're both realized that they're trapped in there and I (laughs) thought it was like uh, this was one of the moments that like made this situation escalate to me the fact that they're trapped in this room for a long time like they go outside of this scene and everyone else is like where's Henry is he missing in action and some nerf just knows that he's trapped in the shower and (laughs) I, I thought that did good job for the tension for how silly it was
0: <laughs> yeah that's just like i was saying um because there was like a pretty intense laugh track in this scene with henry and radar in the shower um so i do wonder how much more serious that would play without the laugh track so radar like runs out to try to get away from the showers i guess or try to get back to the camp and this is when we see the the nudity scene or his just his bare butt basically it's not really nudity um but it's
1: literally two seconds
0: yeah but it was very shocking
1: (laughs) yeah you're not at all expecting it and the fact that it happened and we're watching this again with the hulu uh re-edited version to be widescreen where they took the original film and kind of reformatted it i fully believed that the fact that we saw his his butt was like a mistake of reformatting, <laughs> not something that was originally intended to be. But apparently it it was. And I'm very surprised that they were allowed to even show these these two seconds of bare butt action.
0: <laughs> yeah, like you said at the top when I was looking up this episode, because I figured it had to be very early on if it, it was shown when it was originally aired, right? It had to be one of the first instances of any kind of nudity on tv even if it wasn't like sexual nudity but several sources did cite that this was one of the first times again i can't confirm it hardcore confirm it but it does seem to be like this is probably one of the first instances of like showing more anatomy than just like buttoned up or shoulders or whatever.
1: (laughs) Which is so funny. I love that like the first instance of nudie on like regular TV is just like a short man like not, not anything like cool. They're just like, Oh, I was trying to run and the towel fell. <laughs> so, you know, it happened.
0: I really liked the scene after this as well when um so like you had mentioned, Henry is kind of missing in action, and one of the nurses mentions that he is in trapped in the showers with radar. And I liked this scene where Frank is like, I'm gonna be the commanding officer, and then is just kind of like really scared out of his mind in this situation. And of course, yeah. we have the typical like Hawkeye and Trapper kind of taking command while Frank is like, I'm actually in charge,
1: though. <laughs> yeah, this is this is what I'm saying about Frank kind of being more likable in this one. That like, yeah, he's trying to be commanding officer, but he's also like a human would be like very freaked out by the situation. Mm-hmm. And later on in the episode, he he kind of goes through a, like a really good arc, in my opinion, Like, Margaret brings up the fact that he has a gun. He's the only one in the camp with a gun. And it's like, you know, at night. And she's like, you should go out there. Like, in so many words, kind of implying it. And he's like, oh, but I'm not very good at night. I'm very, like, trying to brush it off. And then he goes and he does it. And he kind of fails at it, but he still tried. So this is an episode where, like, Frank tries. And I really like that. Because it's like... A very rare instance of him, like, really trying to do the right thing, despite him being Frank Burns and kind of being, you know, not the greatest guy.
0: Yeah, I definitely see what you mean. And this scene with Hawkeye, um, when Frank goes out at night to kind of try to confront the sniper or try to find the sniper, was very sweet because Hawkeye was trying to almost comfort Frank as well of saying like, listen, mm-hmm. like I get it. You, Cause Frank kind of failed at this uh, venture of his and was kind of just hiding. And Hawkeye was basically like, listen, like I get it. Like, don't worry in his Hawkeye way, of course.
1: Yeah. And we even get Frank's backstory. The fact that he failed through medical school like twice, but he kept trying and kept like going forward. And I don't know. I really like Frank in this one. Normally, I'm with you that Frank is like the worst man alive. But something about his persistence of like trying despite his own failings, I, I really enjoyed. And I liked his his line about like, I thought about being a male nurse, but I couldn't figure out the corners. I had no idea what that <laughs> meant, but it was like, that's a that's a joke for all you medical people out there. <laughs>
0: Just to explain it, hospital corners are, like, how the bed sheets are folded in a hospital. Mm. So <laughs> my mom made me do hospital corners on my bed when I made my bed as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> but also, just to, like, uh, we're skipping so far ahead, but, I mean, it's fine. I, to push back on you for just a second, in this scene with Hawkeye that was actually, like, kind of sweet. Frank, of course, brings it back to, like, being Frank. And he goes, let them send men who have nothing to lose. It's just like, screw you, buddy. Like, what the hell? Yeah, that's
1: that's <laughs> Terrible. true, actually. And I know we are, like, ahead. But I also want to mention that I loved Hawkeye's line of, like, he, he says something along the lines of heroes are the ones who don't give a damn anymore. Like, mm-hmm. who, who just have to fight because there's no other reason to fight. I really love that line. I say this every time that there's like a really good line in the show, but that little monologue speech that he gives is another one of like these uh these epigraphs that you would see in the beginning of a book, and it's just like if you took this out of the sitcom context, it would be very good.
0: yeah, that was a great, great line of uh, so in context of this kind of scene here. Um, they think that they hear the sniper in the mess tent. Um, so they go and try to confront him. And Frank is very like resistant to it. And Hawkeye is like, you know, I- I'm not a hero, but like, I don't give a damn anymore. So if you want to call me heroic, basically, I'm going to go deal with this. But then of course it just turns out to be freaking Radar <laughs> who was hungry and wanted to eat a sandwich.
1: <laughs> I can't mention every line i'm gonna save this for when we do favorite lines but i loved radar's crazy line about his metabolism uh in this one too <laughs> this one's so good i can't believe you're like lukewarm on it
0: i feel like i'm more lukewarm on just the execution of it maybe i don't know so, something about it was just like not mediocre but just, like just above mediocre. but the lines mm. in this fantastic i yeah. i five out of five for lines in general yes. But to go back, speaking of my favorite lines, and there were so many good lines in this one scene with Frank Trapper, Margaret and Henry, where Hawkeye is saying, you know, wounded are going to be showing up and we're going to need to do something about it. So we have to surrender. And it's so well done. First of all, the comedy in these scenes is fantastic. I will mention my favorite lines when we do favorite lines, but so Hawkeye suggests surrendering in order to get to the wounded. And Margaret and Frank, though, they like have a kind of a good point of we shouldn't be surrendering because that could lead to potentially a lot of problems. But also Hawkeye does have a good point of there's going to be wounded. We need to get to them.
1: Yeah, it's a complicated situation.
0: For sure. For sure. Because Margaret says you know she makes the very real point of like stuff could definitely like bad stuff could happen to the women in this outfit and like we can't just surrender and is like well yeah but patients are coming and etc cetera, etc cetera. so they do end up trying to like wave a white flag and surrender it doesn't work
1: <laughs> no it doesn't this guy just keeps firing and it's just not good They have to literally crawl back to where they were. And it's like, what do they do now?
0: Yeah, it was a really intense scene because you think it's going to work at first. And then there's the firing. It's like, oh, no. And again, even though you know that, of course, like Hawkeye and Trapper, the two main characters of the show, are not going to get shot by this sniper. (laughs) um, They do have to uh, like transport the wounded into where they're all hiding out while the sniper is going at them and it's it's really an intense scene so jumping then ahead because we already covered the scene right after this trapper had called already for help and they couldn't get anybody there to really help them with real military training and like guns and weapons and whatnot to fight back against the sniper until the next day so we see henry on the phone the next day with a general saying like what are you doing like we need help here and then it kind of comes into this scene with um a helicopter that comes and is like shooting at the sniper and the sniper is then shooting at this helicopter and it's a really intense scene and i had to just mention that while this is all going on hawkeye and trapper are just like standing outside just like looking up at the sky and it's just like guys there's shooting going on please go back inside (laughs)
1: Yeah, this was, uh that I noticed that too, that everyone was just kind of looking at it at this point. I was like, that's probably violating safety protocols.
0: <laughs> uh, also, one funny part of this was when Henry was on the phone with the general, he was saying, you said that we would be here at like noon the next day or whatever. And he's like, well, what time is it now? 1300 hours. He was like trying to figure out military time and he couldn't do it. <laughs> i'm pretty sure yeah and he was just like i wish the army would tell time like everybody else and i was just like i love henry and his incompetence it's just amazing i love him
1: (laughs) the thing about henry's incompetence is that it never crosses the line of him being like stupid like everybody even a five-star general is gonna get a little confused about military time (laughs) now and again under a high pressure situation so I was 100% feeling I was like, what would 1300 hours be? I legit thought it was 1am until I saw that the sun was out.
0: <laughs> yeah, because to be fair, though, it does kind of like jump from night immediately to the next day. Yeah. So it does seem like it is like 1am at first until they show that the sun is out. So that is really funny. But yeah,
1: <laughs> this sniper fight was kind of crazy with the helicopter. I, I say it every time, get out your shot glass, take a shot. <laughs> but every time that there's a helicopter shown in the series, I'm always kind of blown away by it because it's just a helicopter flying in the air. And they're like legitimately shooting at this guy. And it's a pretty funny visual that like we only ever see the sniper's gun. So it's just like a gun in the grass just pointing upward now, which I thought was like pretty funny looking. And again, like sound effect wise, these are such like Looney Tunes kind of sound effects for the gun that uh, having them fire at each other so rapidly, it honestly sounded like lasers. Uh, it was so kind of goofy, but I, I did like this as the, the climax of the episode.
0: Yeah, I had um, right after this scene. So the sniper, he puts up a white flag and he starts waving it and then you can tell that he is injured because it just like starts to slowly get lowered. It was so like harrowing to me, mm-hmm. this guy who was terrorizing the camp. And then it's just like, Oh, but, but he's like hurt. I don't know The just the image of the white flag was just like very, like kind of sent chills up my spine. Almost.
1: This is what made it such a good episode to me. Like beyond it being funny and kind of well-constructed to me. The fact that after all of this is over, Hawkeye doesn't hesitate at all, just grabs his his medical bag and goes to treat this guy is what, like, set this over the hill of, like, no, this this is pretty much my ideal episode. The fact that he is still a good doctor, and despite that this guy was trying to kill him, he still has that Hippocratic oath of, you know, do no harm, treat everyone, uh, I I loved it. I love the fact that this ends with Hawkeye treating this guy and having him do a full recovery, basically.
0: Yeah, it was, uh, it was such a good line when Hawkeye said, um, when someone, I forget who it was, asked Hawkeye, do you know what you're doing? And Hawkeye goes, not really. And it reminded me of, you know, his discussion about heroics. Like, Hawkeye is truly, like, the hero. He is truly brave and the ending scene um, right before the credits i felt was a callback to this earlier thing that hawkeye mentioned we didn't mention it but they were in the or and like all the lights were out and whatnot and a soldier came in wounded and hawkeye said he can't be more than 16 like you know is this a children's war and we come to find out that the sniper was just this scared confused kid he thought that he was firing on general macarthur's like personal camp and i i really always appreciate when the show did these really subtle um like draws the attention to the audience in a very subtle way of like remember that the enemy on the other side are also like scared confused kids just like our our soldiers I appreciated that and it was it was like sad but also it jumped to comedy immediately when they started dressing Frank up as General MacArthur which was yes. funny but yeah it was it was a just this final scene was very good.
1: No, totally. I I love how they humanize always the the North Korean people. They're they're never the one-dimensional bad guy even the even in the situation where for I don't know, 20 minutes out of the 24 minute runtime, we don't get to see this guy's face. So he's literally just like a faceless guy with a gun. The fact that they like make him a human being, uh, a scared boy at the end of it. I love the way the show can handle kind of sensitive issues like this and like do it really well and humanize what they could have just made monsters. Yeah,
0: that again, that's why I think that that's why I love the show in general. So you know what, you've successfully (laughs) made me like this episode a little bit more. I'm not gonna lie to you just from that just from that alone.
1: (laughs) Yes, I knew it. I knew if I if I laid on the the smaltiness of like, they humanize everybody. It, that would get you to be like, yo, Ethan's right. This episode rules.
0: Of course. You know that I am, I have a flair for the dramatic.
1: <laughs> yeah, of course.
0: <laughs> so, okay, before I go into trivia, I know that we talked about this extensively, Um, that there were so many good one-liners in this episode. So what were your favorite lines of this episode?
1: I have to mention, when they're hiding out and it's nighttime and they clarify that no one has eaten for the last 13 hours, Radar goes... I have this very peculiar metabolism. If I don't eat every few hours, everything in my body that's solid will turn to liquid. I have so much water in my shoes. It's such a bizarre thing for him to say, but it was perfect. I love that so much.
0: (laughs) It was super, it was super weird. I was like, so what does that mean? I thought that he meant like he was gonna get like diarrhea <laughs> and then he said no. he had puddles in his shoes i was like i don't understand what's happening here
1: <laughs> i love radars like radar might not be human i love those like weird little lines about <laughs> like him. he's
0: a robot yeah exactly yeah
1: the fact that like last episode he didn't know if he was a virgin or not like he's just kind of living <laughs> this odd life and i love it
0: so i have two just favorite lines in this episode so <laughs> um no actually i actually have three i'll talk about the two though Yes. Um so in the first scene <laughs> in the first scene where we have the three guys in the swamp hawkeye is just kind of yelling at frank for being an idiot with like waving this gun around and then frank goes to hawkeye are you aware you're talking to an officer of superior rank and hawkeye just simply goes yes and frank is like oh
1: (laughs) yeah that was so fun this episode is so good like you said this is so performed so well (laughs) he's just like oh (laughs) it's great i love this one (laughs) (laughs) my
0: other favorite line was um, when the shit was kind of starting to hit the fan and I think it was right before Henry and Radar came back into where they were all kind of barricaded Trapper is on the phone and Hawkeye says it's like the Titanic in there but without the orchestra and I just died laughing I was I was full on belly laughing at that I don't know why maybe because Titanic is one of my favorite movies and I think of the orchestra all the time but it's just that was so funny to me
1: I also loved. There isn't like a specific line that I could point to, but I I like that they call the gun Freudian. Uh, I just find that yes. really funny and yes. like a good deconstruction of like why frank is like into this gun so much
0: i thought it was so funny that discussion with uh about freud and frank kind of said you know i don't think that all of our actions are you know based on you know sexual things and i just thought it was really funny because it was like frank was kind of inadvertently right like freud has been proven wrong in most of his theories and i just thought that that was really funny
1: But also, he contradicts himself because the first thing he does is go to show off the gun to Margaret. So like, True.
0: (laughs) That's true. (laughs) It's just (laughs) like, you're not as good as you think you are.
1: (laughs) So Vanessa, do you have any trivia for us about this uh, lovely episode that we've discussed so far?
0: Yes. So we talked about how this was maybe one of the first instances of nudity on television. So I'm not going to rehash all of that. But the actress that hawkeye was dating when the sniper started i was gonna say sniping no that's not the right word <laughs> shooting was swiper um, no swiper. <laughs> was this actress terry Garr. So Terry Garr is best known for her roles in Young Frankenstein and Tootsie, which she was actually nominated for Best Supporting Actress for her role in Tootsie, which I didn't know. That was great. I love her so much, especially in Tootsie. She was like my favorite character in that movie. I loved this movie. She was also in a supporting role in The Conversation, which is a Francis Ford Coppola movie. She guest starred in multiple TV shows before finding success in film, Um, and some of those shows were, of course, MASH, Star Trek, and The Odd Couple. Terry Garr retired from acting in 2011 after an MS diagnosis, and she is still alive today. And she is also known for her activism and her support for The Trevor Project, which I thought was super, super cool. So Terry Garr, just a queen, I love her, would watch her in Tootsie every single day. Yeah, so I thought that that was really cool.
1: Fun fact, actually, to to double trivia you, Tootsie is co-written by series creator Larry Gelbart. Stop it! He has story and screenplay credit, along with a few other people.
0: Ethan, stop! I didn't know that! Oh my god, I love that movie so much. That is literally one of my favorite movies. I had no idea! Oh my god, that's so cool! I'm so happy. <laughs>
1: But yeah, it's it's so funny that you love Tootsie and it's co-written by Larry Gelbart. I love that you're a Larry Gelbart fan, you know?
0: That's amazing. Oh my god, am I going to go back and watch all of Larry Gelbart's work now? Yes, yes I am.
1: <laughs> and Terry Garr uh, sounds like she rules. That's so, that's so fun to hear. I love Young Frankenstein as well. So I like her a lot. I'm glad that she was in this episode. <laughs>
0: I love that MASH did the thing that, I think I've mentioned this so many times before, but MASH did the thing that SVU also did, where it's like the stars before they were stars kind of thing. And I just, every time I see one of those things, it's like at one of those actors or actresses on MASH before they really hit it big. It's so, my heart just gets really warm.
1: <laughs> I feel you. I, I love seeing a good guest star, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, definitely. So, okay, I'm now at the most controversial part of the show. What is your martini rating for
1: this mm-hmm. episode? You see, I texted you this. This is a five out of five episode for me. But after discussing it a little bit more with you, I might might have adopted some of your cynicism around this. I might have to lower it to a solid, kingly 4.5 out of five martinis. Like, I couldn't finish the fifth one, you know, just had a little too much <laughs> to drink. But it got four point five down, out of five. You
0: know? Why is that? Why did you lower your rating a little bit?
1: Just some of the points that you brought up of uh some like structure stuff. I can't point to a specific example, but like the whole conversation we had, you you kinda like, yeah, may- maybe this is like a more lesser than I thought it was. But okay. uh, four point five out of five for me.
0: So my original rating was three point five out of five. I think that I would go a little bit higher. It's like, I feel like it's a 3.75 almost. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's stupid. No more. I'm, I'm vetoing. I'm vetoing, <laughs> 2. I'm vetoing I the 7.5s.
0: I, I can't. I, I don't want to give it four stars because I think of the episodes that I have given four stars to. But I, I do think that it... Ah, I don't know. It's This is hard. Um, I think that I would probably, <laughs> if you're vetoing the point two fives, I guess I would go with um, a four-star episode. Yes. But that being said, I think that on any particular day, I could give this 3.5. <laughs> oh,
1: man. Well, well, you know, we, we can't agree all the time.
0: No, I kind of like when one of us likes an episode and one of us doesn't. It makes for a much more fun discussion.
1: I, I don't think that this will happen. But I would love in the future if we had an episode where one of us is like 1 out of 10 and the other one is like 10 out of 10. Uh, Yeah. I would just, I would love to see that. That would be a crazy episode for us to record.
0: Yeah, again, like, I don't think it'll happen because I think that we just. We agree too much on what makes good TV and what doesn't, but... Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know, you never know. We've got like 11... How many seasons do we have left? We have 10 seasons left, basically, to watch, so...
1: (laughs) Tune in sometime in the future.
0: (laughs) Okay, so just to wrap up, we'd like to give thanks to Jacob Birbalco for being our technical consultant, Melissa, my sister, for cover art, and of course, our listeners, thank you so much. Music, social media, and contacts for the show are linked in the description, as always. And you can join us next week for our discussion of Season 2, Episode 11, Carry On, Hawkeye. I think this might be one of my favorites. But until then, oh God, why did I write this? Until then, have a ketchup, butter, and lettuce sandwich on rye. Goodbye, farewell, and amen.
1: Bye, everyone.